it's your birthday. We gon' party like it's your birthday. We gon' sip a cardi like it's your birthday. And you know we don't give up because that's your birthday. You'll find me in the club. Welcome to episode 50 of On Air, the Ohio Hockey Digest podcast. The Ohio Hockey Digest is the foremost location for hockey in Ohio, covering every level played from youth and high school to juniors, college, and pro. Articles written to keep the hockey community up to date on all the happenings with hockey in Ohio. My name is Tim Sullivan. As always, I'm joined by Jason Lewandowski, producer Dan Humphrey, and Kamish Scott Harrington. With On Air, we are bringing you fresh content and adding voices, names, and faces to interesting people, making the Ohio hockey community better. This episode of the Ohio Hockey Digest On Air podcast is brought to you by Team Ohio. Time in the rink as a Team Ohio player is about more than competition. It's about seizing opportunities to grow as athletes, being a great teammate, and part of a community. That's why Team Ohio's premier Tier 2 hockey program welcomes youth players ages 5 to 18 years old to join the nationally lauded program. With reasonable fees, transparency, and athlete development that has prepped players for teams at all levels. Team Ohio is here to coach players for success, both on and off the ice. Go to TeamOhio.com to learn more. Well, boys, same podcast, same topics, different location, uh, and different show today. But before we get going on that, let's talk a little bit about what we did last year and what, or last week and what we, who we talked to last week. Uh, we talked last week to three individuals that were sending their teams to the national tournament for USA Hockey. Uh, Ohio was well represented at the USA Youth that Hockey Nationals last weekend. Uh, we touched base with Gilmore Gladiators head coach Shauna Conway, with Ohio AAA Blue Jackets head coach Daryl Noren, and with Team Ohio's uh, U18 head coach Pat Metzger. They also had the U16 team going to the Tier 2 uh, national tournament. Uh, so, in all, five teams in Ohio qualify for the national tournament. The players and coaches from all five of those teams should be very proud of what they accomplished. It's huge to make it to the national uh, tournament like they did. Uh, you could certainly hear it in the voices of the three coaches. Uh, what do you guys think? I mean, I know, I know we talked. Let's First of all, let's talk about last week's show, and then we can talk about uh, how they did uh, in their respective tournament. Uh, I thought... I, I know we talked at the end of last show about the excitement for Shauna Conway. Let's start with her just getting to the national tournament. Um, what's your guys' thoughts about with that? I think the excitement was, was coming through that Zoom meeting. Uh, and today, we're not doing a Zoom meeting. We're live with each other. So this is kind of cool. We'll talk about that in a minute. So what do you think about Shauna? Well, the fact that Shauna, you know, the excitement, as you said, you can see it through the video screen and all that. And, and what Shauna's been able to accomplish at Gilmore has been absolutely phenomenal. It's been longstanding, growing, 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 as she said, you know, they had to lose a few to understand it, and uh, she was pretty, I mean, amped up for the national tournament is probably an understatement. Just a great resource having that program right here in Ohio. Uh, we're going to talk a lot probably later in the show about the, the pipeline of talent in Ohio, and for girls to be able to stay close to home and play in a program like that and develop and go on to Division One programs. Uh, is just fantastic. They're, they're doing something special there. Like I said last week, I've got a close friend whose daughter plays over there. She's getting better every day. She's on the ice a lot. But most importantly, they talk to me constantly about the culture and how much fun she's having and how she can't wait to go back the next day. And, and as we know, that's the key to it. Yeah. And then we had a chance to talk to Daryl Norin of the Ohio or AAA Blue Jackets as they were preparing to go to the Tier 
uh, one U18 tournament. Um, you could you could hear it in Daryl's voice. Uh, he, he knew what he was getting himself up against going to the tournament. Uh, but it was it was good to see that program. Uh, that is again, we've talked about Columbus hockey. Not that they they aren't just starting to arrive; they've arrived, and, and to see them uh, get that bid to the national tournament. Yeah, Coach Noren was uh, he felt strongly about his uh, his group when they were uh, turning on all cylinders. He thought they had a good opportunity to, to do some good things. Yeah, and he told us he's got a couple kids already tendered to the uh, North American League next year, and expects to have a couple more. Um, I don't believe the goalie was one of those, but he singled out his goaltender, yeah. uh, uh, Michael Sochin. Also, when he, we talked to him last week, and uh, Sochin had a fantastic tournament. So I, you, I think you can expect to see him playing at a higher level next year also. And then we had the chance to talk to a uh, friend of the show, um, Coach Pat Metzger of Team Ohio U18 team. Uh, they also sent their U16 team to the national term as well. And Pat talked to us a little bit about defending uh, his national title uh, since there wasn't, excuse me, a tournament last year. But he had a totally different team. It wasn't even the same team. So was it really defending? I guess by uh, principle it was. But uh, And then he was excited about it. He said, again, he was a little shocked on the uh, pool he was put in with some of those teams. But... Uh, it was just—it's an awesome uh, experience for those kids that, to make it, and then the U16 guys as well. You know, you, you have to beat everyone to win it anyway. So, where he was put, yeah, he was kind of shocked by that, I guess. But you know, the fact that that they're they're heading back again um, to defend, you know, as an organization, Pat's just full of life and he's always excitable. And you know, Skippy—he uh, does his thing when he walks on his toes. But you know, I'm I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. So Love I, you, Pat. I was very excited for you know the 16s and the 18s, all the boys to experience what a national tournament is like, and, and Pat was obviously pretty gung ho about their chances, and, and that was good stuff. If you're going to win a tournament like that, I mean, you've got to be good. You got to get some breaks, <clears throat> and uh, you know, it's just I've never felt like hockey was a single elimination type sport, you know. So they it is in high school. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so they, especially with the format there, it's a uh, teams are in groups of four, so you basically you you play three games, and if you lose the first one, your back's to the wall, and you're absolutely you're, yeah. So, you know, and tough. that's what happened to them. Yeah, you know, and and you know, I had an opportunity to talk to a couple of the guys on the team. Uh, we're recording today, Monday, um, at a chance, and, and the cha- national championship game was today. We had an opportunity to uh, had an opportunity to talk to a couple of the guys that played on the team uh, from our team, and um, they they kind of said the same thing. Like you know, they felt. They felt the pressure after game one because you're right. You if just, you don't win that first game, yeah. you are in trouble. Yeah, you just got there the night before. You had your steak dinner. You bowled or whatever you said they were going to do in the morning. Went to and then you, they went you, to Lambo. Oh, that's Lambo. right. They went to Lambo. Yeah. And then bowled that morning or whatever, and you play your first game, and all of a sudden you're you're already in a hole. That's a that's a tough uh, format to 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 play in. So not only do you play your first game, but you played against the hometown team. <laughs> yeah. So, Packed barn. and they, they it was it was crowded. They said that uh, they had about fifty kids. Fifty kids. They had a student section yeah. for the Green Bay uh, team. Um, but hey, that, that's you know that's the way it is. I mean, listen, when we went down to the state final four, we had to play a team in the state semifinals that we played them in their home rink. Yeah, they had their own locker room. Right. We've never our team never spent a night in a hotel because of, of the pandemic. 
everything was brand new for us. They're going into their locker room. Yeah. So you got you just you're right. You got to do it. It's like they say you can't win a tournament in day one, but you sure as heck can lose it. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. So. We should also mention that the Dayton Stealth High School team qualified for their national tournament as well. That event was a few weeks prior to missing having them on, but we wanted to circle back with them this summer, and we will talk to them about their experience. The Stealth won their first two games and made it to the quarterfinals after uh, before being eliminated. Well, like I mentioned in the opening, uh, same podcast, same content, but different. it's a little different feel today. Today's our 50th episode. Can't believe we've actually made it 50 episodes. Uh, and today, we are live with each other. Usually we do this over Zoom, but we're live with each other, which is fantastic. We're in a little room. Uh, we got microphones, headphones. Mood lighting. Mood lighting. The atmosphere. It's, yeah, the atmosphere is live. We got, <laughs> we got Scott Harrington in the flesh. He can see exactly what we do. This is great, Jay. <laughs> yeah. He's over here taking He's got came with a full folder. He's got the folder. He's I got, got... I'm used to being at home. I got nothing. I'm on my phone right now looking up all the stuff we have to read. But this is fun. I mean, you know, like, like you said, we started out 50 episodes ago sitting in our own houses on a Zoom call. Right. Staring at each other. And the interviews would be over. And we'd still be hanging out because we never got to see each other. Well, now, here we are live, live in the flesh. And... We got part time with us. Yeah, I love it. Part times in the house. So what we're going to do today is we're just kind of going to recap the first forty nine shows. Uh, some of the people that we, we spoke to, some of the uh, things maybe that we talked to them off the air, on the air. Just kind of recap and uh, just kind of reminisce uh, about this fifty episodes. And I remember the first one we did with Scott Harrington. Uh, didn't we have to redo it? Yeah, we had to redo it. So that would make this episode fifty one. Well, no, no. <laughs> now we're getting to that. No, he, is technical. You know why? You know why though? Why we had to redo it? He didn't like his audio. Oh, I couldn't hear it. It was awful. It was terrible. <laughs> he he I calls up and goes, "We need to redo that." <laughs> why? Because it sounds horrible. It sounds horrible. We're going to redo it. Okay. Before we get into that, let's see what's happening in the news this week in the digest. As mentioned before, Ohio was represented very well at this year's USA Hockey Nationals. The Ohio AAA Blue Jackets qualified for the quarterfinals, however, lost 4-3 to Shattuck St. Mary, the number one team in the country, by the way. The Gilmore Gladiators, 16U, went 1-2 on the tournament, and Elena Giampietro scored five goals in the final game. I believe that she's uh, committing or already committed to Providence. Really? Is what I understand. Good. Team Ohio, U16 and U18, did not qualify for the quarters. Uh, they had a, a good three games. I know not the uh, outcome that uh, Coach wanted, but uh, congratulations on them for making the tournament as well. And the Blue Jackets uh, went down fighting. They were down 4-1 in that game. Got a couple power play goals in the third period to close it up. And, again, you, Shattuck St. Mary, the number one team in the country. Right. So tough, tough draw for them, and they, they went down swinging. I mean, think about that. Shattuck, as we all know, there's 20 kids on that roster. How many of those kids are moving on to the next level? 20. I mean, Right. A good majority of them, for sure. 12 of them will probably play in the NHL. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great showing. I mean, take nothing away from it. Yeah, you want to win. That's the whole purpose and the goal. But you went up against the number one team in the country your first time in a national tournament, and I'm not trying to make light of it. You you battle them. That's phenomenal. So to our listeners out there, do yourself a favor. Look up Shattuck St. Mary's roster this year that went to the national tournament and just kind of hold it up, hold on to it. And in two or three years – you're going to see a lot of those names pop up, possibly in the draft uh, or at some level on your uh, world junior teams, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. 
So. You got a kid named Scott Morrow who is a potential first round pick in this year's draft, and I think I think that's the team he plays on. Right. The IIHF Women's Worlds will be played somewhere in Canada in August. Now we just had the draft, the NFL draft here in Cleveland. There were a lot of defensive backs taken, and I believe this is a hell of a pack backpedal job oh. uh, by the <laughs> IIHF seeing as they did not have a plan B and uh, they probably have about a size 11 stuck in their mouth right now because of all the stupid stuff they did. What are you guys' thoughts? It, it, absolutely. They they backpedal on this one. Well, it, it was it was a cluster from the, the minute they decided to, to cancel it. Right. To come out and say we don't have a plan B, that's insane. That's insane. So this is absolutely because you we talked about it last week. You know, if it was the one, if it was the men's, they would have had Plan B, C, D, E, F, G. I can go down the entire alphabet. Anywhere in North America, anywhere. Right. And for them to say that they didn't have a Plan B, you knew it was going to blow up on them. I don't yeah. understand why they just didn't move it to the United States right away. Yeah, just move it for- right away. You have you had the, they had the availability in anywhere around where where, where was it supposed to be played in Nova Scotia. Okay, so move it south, play it in Vermont, play it in New Hampshire, play it in Maine, play it in Buffalo. You know, you had the opportunities, and you didn't take them. You didn't even, for whatever reason, it's sounding like they didn't think to do that. Well, you needed it, 11th hour, and you had nothing. The fact they're going to play it is great. No disrespect intended. The fact they're going to play it is great. However, they, they are kind of dropped the ball on this one tremendously. Just from, from their standpoint, you know, just the bad press you're going to get from something like that if it does go south on you, it's not worth it. You'd think you would have your, just to take a cynical viewpoint of it, you would have your ass covered just so all the press you got for the last week would, doesn't happen. So, but, but the cancellation of it wasn't the IAHF's decision. Right. right. So for, they could have played this all totally different. Yeah, listen, they are canceling it. They won't let us play. But what, this is what we're going to do. Give us a few months to come up with a plan. We will have it. But for them to come out straight out and say, well, we don't have a plan B. Yeah, we're just not going to yeah, do it. Not, you keep that in your own house, why, man. Why not just say, hey, look, we have a plan B. It's going to take a little bit longer to, to get that up and running. But we have it. And behind closed doors are going, you know, oh, What's shit, what are we doing? <laughs> right. But hey. they came out and said, oh, my goodness. And if all the positivity that's been going on in the women's game in the last X months the fact that the IHF had to drop the ball like this, and I know it was, what is it, the premier of Nova Scotia that said no to this, and for health reasons, okay. But IHF, why aren't you planning for the rainy day, man? What's right. going on? And, and Lorraine County's Shannon Zabado is calling them out pretty hard. Oh, really? On, on Twitter. Oh, yeah. She says she wants to she wants to be put in charge of, uh, uh, you know, running the show, maybe, or, or coming up. I don't know if she was talking about the this tournament they're going to throw together in Canada or... Maybe just being a in you know general. part of the permanent planning future uh, guest for future. Yes. So uh, speaking of the IIHF, the under eighteen tournament is going on. Uh, the U.S. is playing in the quarterfinals this evening against Sweden. They have not looked that great so far. They blew a five-one lead in their first game, lost seven-six in overtime to Russia. They needed overtime to beat Finland and a shootout to beat the Czechs. So they haven't looked too sharp, uh, but the tournament really starts today. 
uh, with Sweden in the quarterfinals. So uh, the reason we're following them is they have Miami recruit Red Savage is uh, captaining the team. He's going to be a freshman for the Red Hawks next year. And Strongsville, Ohio native Dylan Duke uh, on that team as well. He's scored three goals. And then I don't know if you saw this. There is a 16-year-old Russian kid, uh, a late 2004 birth date, so he's in the 2023 NHL draft, scored nine goals in four games in the preliminary round. And they didn't have an easy schedule. They played in the same group as the U.S. So they played U.S., uh, Russia, Finland, and the Czechs. I think not. I got three of those four correct. But, I mean, they didn't have a, an easy draw. He had some tough games. I think there was Germany. He dropped four in Germany, I think. But that's still five goals in the other three games. That's nuts. I mean, 16 yeah. years old. Is that good? Yeah. <laughs> is that good? Is that, is that, is that, that's okay, right? That is that what you're looking for? Yeah. So, uh, Mat, Matvey Michkov, I think, is in Michnov or Michkov or something like that. Uh, he is someone that we will uh, be hearing from again in a couple of years at the draft. Again, the, when you look up your Shattuck St. Mary uh, roster, add that kid's name to the bottom of yeah. it because you'll see him as well. Yeah. <clears throat> A junior showcase in Erie, Pennsylvania from May 1st to June 13th will be happening. Ohio's Andrew Parrott, uh, he'll be involved, and he's coming on our pod soon. Erie Bank Sports Park, Otters Practice Rink, has two sheets. For This uh, showcase is for 2021 draft-eligible players uh, and players who lost their last eligibility season. 125 players signed up and counting. Erie also hosted Women's Frozen Four last month. That's going to be... A fantastic event because the Western League uh, played a very short season. The Ontario Hockey League never even played this year. Uh, Quebec played the most. Quebec League played the most games, but this will give all those kids who were supposed to be scouted this year in their draft year a chance to play in some type of. I don't know what the format is. I think they're still figuring it out, but uh, it's kind of exciting. So it already started. No, it's going to start uh, May th- uh, May thirty first. Oh, May thirty first. Say. I put May 1st. May 31st to June 13th. So Jay, I think you did that on purpose to make me sound bad. A lot easier yeah. at home, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so there's going to be some serious talent right over in uh, Erie, PA, showcasing themselves for some scouts. So we're going to have Andrew on the show. Right. He's going to tell us about it. It was four uh, players who spearheaded the effort. Um, him, two other guys, and then there was a guy from the Erie Otters who actually uh, joined up. Um Parat's dad, Nate, played for the Lumberjacks back in the day, if anybody remembers him. But uh, So we're going to have him come on the pod, tell us all about it. We're going to butter him up, get some tickets, and uh, uh, head over there and watch some, uh, some high-end uh, major junior prospects. I mean, 120, 125 guys are going to come in. Maybe more. Yeah. Maybe more. Yeah. 50% or more play somewhat, some pro hockey somewhere? What's your thoughts? Oh. Easily, easily, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you talk, I mean, a lot of them are—they're obviously top draft prospects. A lot of them will get picked, but the ones that don't, you know, will probably play in the East Coast League or something like that. So, Europe, Europe, yeah. So, um, and it's great. Again, just not too far away over in Erie, we had the women's Frozen Four there, and now there's another chance to uh, head a few hours east and see some uh, some great hockey. We have some NHL notes to talk about. Friend of the show, Alex Nadalkovic, 
is currently posting a 14-4-3 record with a 1.89 goals against and a .934 save percentage. He had an assist the other night on an overtime game-winning goal versus Columbus. Our friend needs a new contract. And he just got engaged. That's a hell of a week for uh, Big Mr. Nualkovic. Did you guys see the highlight? Yes. Was that sick? 100-foot bank pass? Yeah. yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. To Dougie Hamilton right off the wall. And he told us when he came on the show how much he liked playing the puck. Yeah. And he was a little he, more aggressive than what they were used to. Yeah. Is what he well, said. Well, it paid off for him in this game, that's for sure. That was a, that was a ridiculous highlight. Connor McDavid needs 13 points in the last seven games played to hit 100 points in the 56-game abbreviated season. That's crazy. <laughs> There's a reason they call him McJesus. That is just, I mean... I saw a quote from Wayne Gretzky that said, I think Connor can absolutely get 100 just to show people that he can do it. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, uh, it's gross. I, I get a chance to watch a lot of West Coast games, and I've seen a lot of McDavid, and it's there's some shifts. Some days it looks like men against boys. It's just, it's gross how good this guy is. The fact that one of their biggest problems is figuring out guys who can play with him because nobody can keep up with him. Mm-hmm. Can't keep up with his feet, can't keep up with his hands, can't think. You would think the better the player that you're playing with, the easier it would be. Sure. Just get open. But get into space. Ah, you got to keep up with him. <laughs> and uh, that's like a 150-point pace over a regular season, which you just – guys have won the scoring title with 90 points in, in the recent past. He was posting, and, I, and I'm not good with my uh, differentiating differentiation between uh, kilometers and miles per hour, <laughs> but I was watching Canadian feed, so he came through the neutral zone coasting at 30 kilometers an hour. Coasting at 30 kilometers. Got the puck. And it increased to like 34, 35. Yeah. And he was on top of the goaltender. Yeah. And put it in. I'm like, you're, that's, that's sick fast. Also, uh, Mark Andre Fleury won his 489th career game to tie him with Roberto Luongo. And I looked up, speaking about records that are hard to break and that type of thing, and just kind of giving you a, like context for numbers. Number two is Patrick Waugh with 551 wins. So you got two guys with 489. You've got Ra, Patrick Waugh with 551. And then number one is Marty Berger with 691. <laughs> do you ever see that commercial? Yeah, do you ever see that commercial for uh, the Rent-A-Car place that he's in? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. you know, you left your cup, you in, left the your cup in the car, <laughs> and he's got, like, all these different trophies and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll use a term that the, the kids use. I mean, that, kid's the, that guy's the GOAT. He's the goat. No one's gonna. No one. There's no way no one's gonna touch that record. That's he lapped everybody. I mean, he played for a long. He started 75 games a year, won a lot, and played forever. I don't know how anybody touches that. I mean, Flurry and Longo were played forever. Flurry's still playing, obviously. Yeah. So he'll get 500, but it's it's not even close. He almost won 700, and there's only one other guy who's gotten to 500. I think Mark Andre can catch Patrick Long. Gonna take him a couple of years, but he'll, I, yeah, I he think. Can probably do it. I mean, just watching him, how, the team that's in front of him, and and just the way he plays, and his it, it's it's effortless, and he's not a young man. I mean, technically, yes, he's still young; he's in his thirties. However, in hockey years, that's like dog years that you're old. But he's just so damn good, man. And you put the right team around him. Let's hope he doesn't. He gets on a protected list, so he doesn't go to another 
in another expansion draft. But uh, I think he can do that. I think he can beat Patrick Waugh. I don't think he can catch Marty Bordeaux, though. I think that's no, too many. No, no. You want to make a little uh, gentleman's bet? Sure. I will bet you, because I think this is this will have, we'll, we'll have fun. Okay. I'll bet you that he'll do it in two years. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, you agree? You, yeah, I agree. Oh, because you, you said a couple years. Yeah, two. Who's a couple by the end, you're the saying what's going on here, man. By the end of the 22-23 season, <laughs> right? That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, well, yeah, I agree with you. I don't know what you two have up in cahoots here. No, I don't. No, the last time you said a couple, you said I had a couple beers, and you had like twelve <laughs> beers sitting in front of you. So that's a couple. That's a couple. All right. Well, then forget the bet. Yeah, that's fine. Because I thought We're that was going to be fun. Anyhow, and Patrick Waugh wants to get back in the NHL. He wants. Sounds like he wants to coach or. Be a general manager or something. I'd like to jump know off the bench and find somebody. I'd love to know the reason he, he got out the first time. Was it forced? I don't know. I can't imagine. I mean, he was having a good run in Colorado. He was having a real good run, wasn't he? Yeah. I don't know. Well, let's see what's happening. What's going on with Columbus? What do you guys think is uh, Tortorella's future? There, there are so many moving pieces <laughs> with the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. It's going to be Aaron Portsline and uh, Svoboda are going to be busy this summer keeping up with everything there's like six things on the list here but it all starts with whether Tortorella is back or not I think he is if he comes back does uh, Jones get an extension <clears throat> yes I hope so okay he'll get one either way but uh, Patrick Liney then becomes a very difficult situation Explain. and I said when they traded for him I said yeah. if Tortorella doesn't strangle him one and two, they got to get him. They got to get somebody who get, can get him the puck. Does he have? Has he even hit double digits in goals yet yeah, this year? He's got like ten, I think. The kid should be scoring forty. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. And if Tortorella's back, his agent is going to ask for a ridiculous amount of money who, Line because Liney's contract is up. So they're going to say, mm-hmm. "Oh, if you want me to keep playing for this guy, it's going to cost you nine point five a year." I, I, I have. Uh, you don't want to play for him. No, but does he want to be there? I, no. Well, it was the same situation well, with the. Uh, um, Dubois. Yeah, Dubois. Yeah. yeah. He didn't want to be there. <coughs> right. I mean, so. But he's over in Winnipeg, and he's not exactly no. burning the building down. No. I mean, I, I have a problem with. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with it. I know what his goal, I know what his role is, and I understand what he does best. But you're not Alex Ovechkin. You start playing 200 feet, you'll get that respect, and I don't think that he does. Now, I'm not saying he plays, but he's an NHL player. <coughs> I, he plays well. Don't get me wrong. He's an excellent, phenomenal goal scorer. True. <clears throat> is Columbus a dumpster fire right now? Yes and no. But the style of play that Patrick Laine is probably, and this is a total assumption, is looking for is something where he can go stand in one spot and get the puck fed to him. All of which was abundantly clear in Winnipeg. So and, and, why'd you trade for him? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I mean, I, I, I think uh, Yarmo Kikalini is one of the best general managers in the league, but he put that put him in a tight spot there. Well, did they bring in Lainey Taking for a square peg year? into a round hole. Did they bring him in for this year, or did they bring him in to, bring, to move him and get something better than... Well, if he flips him and gets something better and keeps Tortorella, and yeah, I mean, that would be impressive. But right now, you're going to have a hard time getting good value in a trade. What about He's Zach? a goal scorer with 10 goals. Zach Wierenski's an RFA at the end of this year? Yep. They have to sign him. They have to. 
him and Seth Jones. That's technically right now the core of that team. Oliver yeah. Bjorkstrand's on a tear. Yep. What do the guys say with 10 million sh- or 10 sheets in the bank? <laughs> Bjorky? Bjorky's on fire. And then yeah. the uh, – so he's, he's, he's got a very busy summer ahead of him, and then the expansion draft kind of adds a little intrigue to the whole thing too. They have to expose a goalie. So they have two really good goalies, and they can't keep them both. So they're both signed through next year, which means they have to protect them. Yeah. Uh, but you've got to have somebody exposed. I don't think they'll keep both. So uh, you know, maybe the maybe they'll trade the one. Is he Vivalainen? Is that his name? They traded him to Toronto. Let's see what's going on with the Cleveland Monsters in this week's Monsters Minute. The Cleveland Monsters dropped the first two games of a three-game set against Texas last week before salvaging the road trip with a 3-2 overtime win on Sunday afternoon. In the win, rookie goaltender Justin Kappelmaster stopped 30 of 32 shots to pick up his first AHL victory after opening the season with the Allen Americans. Last week, the AHL announced the cancellation of the Calder Cup playoffs, leaving the Monsters with five games left in their season. At 14-8-1-1, Cleveland's 625 win percentage ranks among the top 10 clubs in the league, including second in the Central Division. In a typical season, the Monsters would have been on pace to qualify for the postseason for the second time in three years and the fourth time in franchise history. The Monsters will once again rely heavily on veteran Brad Thiessen after both of their young goaltenders in Matisse Gavlenix and Daniel Tarasov were called by Columbus. The team did receive some offensive reinforcements in the return of Josh Dunn and Cliff Poo from the Blue Jackets, but the CBJ also recalled forward Liam Foody on the same day. Cleveland will play four of its final five games against the Grand Rapids Griffins, including a pair of home games on May 11th and 14th at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. The Monsters season will conclude on Saturday, May 15th with a road contest against the Griffins. The Monsters Minute is brought to you by the Ohio Hockey Project, Northeast Ohio's leader in player development and advancement. Take your training to the next level this offseason with the Ohio Hockey Project. Let's get on air with us for the 50th Onion! Oh, I liked it. Did you say onion? Onion, yeah. You ever Bob Rafferty do do that? No. Oh, my gosh. He's one of the best. You know who Bob Rafferty is? I don't think I do. CBS College Basketball. It's the only reason why I I used to watch college basketball. Whenever they go into a commercial, he's always like, look at the young man. Put up the three. Onion. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Get a a Bob Rafferty onion on that. It'll be great. Well, this week will be a little different as we celebrate our 50th and revisit some of our favorite moments from the first 49. We will hear again from some of the many guests from all levels of hockey in and around Ohio that have driven the success of this podcast by being so gracious and generous with their time. Guys, uh, here we are, 50 episodes. Uh, I can remember like it was yesterday. And actually, Scott, before we started the, the podcast, you said today you were talking. we were talking about a different topic and you're like it's been 15 months since the pandemic started and um we were bored just so everyone uh knows how this all started uh take take notes everyone was bored uh and you know i used to go on scott's uh website and i still do but all the time uh just to read on what was going on with with you know hockey in ohio and hockey everywhere hockey this and that right and I talked to Scott and said, man, what are you going to write about? 
He's like, there's no content. Nothing to write about. Just going to make stuff up. Yeah, right. And, and so then it was like, well, let's, we know a lot of people in this hockey world. Let's, want to do a podcast? Let's just like talk about hockey with people since there's no content. And uh, I said, and we can use, uh, I forget how we talked about it, like use your avenue, right, Scott? We can use him as an outlet. Yeah, I mean, the, the website, I thought you were, you were talking about wanting to do something that was uh, kind of in the same lane, high school hockey and yeah. ACHA and that type of stuff. So obviously the Ohio Hockey Digest, that's, that's kind of the lane that I, I had carved out on the website. So it made sense for that to be a home of the, home of the podcast. And, and so we started with, with the first one. Uh, we started, and we, it was actually a redo, as we mentioned earlier, about uh, we, we wanted to talk to Scott and see why he started the Ohio Hockey Digest. And, and, you know, he, he was and was and still is getting a ton of traffic on that. And it, it's, a, it's a great avenue. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, it, it's a great avenue to learn. Where's the check? <laughs> I'm kidding. So, so from there, the amount of people that started reaching out to you that said, hey, uh, can I get on the podcast? Can I get on the podcast? And, and honestly... To those people listening, Lev and myself, I mean, Danny knows what the heck he's doing with all this stuff. Lev and I, I didn't even know how to hook up a freaking microphone. <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> Dude, I mean, there's some days you still don't even know how to hook it up. We'll get through half an episode and you're like, oh, oh my, yeah. mic, my, my mic, mic wasn't, wasn't plugged in. <laughs> hey, could you guys hear me okay? So, so then, you know, Scott, you were like, oh, this person wants on, this person wants on. And, and something I think we all would agree on, we never thought that it would get to the level of uh, people that wanted to come on the podcast to talk about their story. You know, you know we, promotion, people want to promote their, their gig, right? I get that. But when we have uh, people, on uh, our guests on, yeah, they promote their school, their product, whatever, but they that's only like a very small portion of it. You know, so, uh, you, know, I'm, I'm, you know, so that's how we started with you, and then we kind of went down the line. I, I remember talking to Sebastian Aragno, uh, mm-hmm. you know, about the Menor Icebreakers and, and learning a little bit about that federal league. Yeah, I didn't know much about it. That was insane. Yeah. There's a lot that, you know, looking through the list of people we've talked to and, you know, we joke around every week that that we're just blessed to get to talk to these people. And I'm looking through the list, and you have you have every level covered. I mean, you have Federal League, you have East Coast, you have High School, you have Junior, you have Professional. At, at Professional at many different levels, you have everything from coaches to head coaches to GMs to, I mean, it's just, it's dumb. You have college kids on here that just love to have a good time and, and shoot the breeze with us, and we don't know what we're doing. You know, you're putting these shows together weekly, is a lot of fun. I mean, now that I don't have to do it anymore, which is fantastic. Thanks, Scott. Um, it, we'll talk it, about that at dinner. <laughs> oh, yeah, by the way, Scott's taking us out to dinner tonight. I feel like I'm going on a date. I've been on a date, and I don't know how long. He's taking us out on a date. Is that why you turn the lights down? Yeah, you know, get in the mood. <laughs> Set the mood. Great. I'll have a McChicken sandwich. Is that where we're going? Um, but, no, it, it's, it's been a fun ride. And, and like you said, Sully, we, we never thought we'd talk to a Stanley Cup champion, let alone – half the names that I'm reading right now. I mean, it just, the people that are coming to you, Scott, God bless you. You don't know what you're getting into. I love when we start and we're telling them, hey, look, there's going to be kids screaming in the background. Oh. We talked to Coach Bergeron the other day and, and I just flat 
lost my place in question, <laughs> and I looked at him square in the face, and I'm going, oh, yeah. oh shoot, coach, I'm so sorry. And he just starts laughing, and, and you know, we talked to Don Van Massenhoven, and we're asking him questions off air that we weren't allowed to ask him on air, and he's laughing his tail off, going, that's great. You know, I'd love to, I'd love to get Don back on after what happened. And oh, I don't even know if he would talk. Listen, if I was him, I wouldn't. I wouldn't talk about it either. He's yeah. He's currently the director of off ice officials or whatever it is for yeah. the NHL. They will not let him talk about it. Yeah. No. I. I, I wouldn't. I mean. I. I of course, I'd like to know. You know how we right? started off. So Don, anything new? Yeah. But but I think there's a couple things that, that maybe some uh, things that we can get ourselves into because this uh, for our listeners this is a total ad lib. Uh, um, podcast uh and, and hopefully you're gonna uh, enjoy it because uh what i'd like to do is i'd like to talk about some of our uh favorite not favorite guests but, but guests that like maybe afterwards we're like oh man right uh some of the funny moments that we had maybe not uh that our listeners don't know about you know i mean we did it we did an entire episode that never recorded yes what was that one which Thank you, Tim Gettinger. Tim Gettinger. Oh, my God. <laughs> from the New York and, Rangers. And, and, right and out of there. And we got him back. Yeah, back. Yeah. He came back the next day and was like, yeah, no problem. Thanks to Timmy Getz for coming back. Yeah. <laughs> we recorded the entire show, and afterwards, or like the next day or something, Danny, right? Yeah. The next day, I went to go edit it, and I'm like, oh, where, where's the file? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm yeah. like, um, <laughs> you know, and like no, like no disrespect to like Metzger or anything. Like, but it wasn't like a high school coach. Let, yeah, or right. even a college coach. Like, he was, was he, he might have been our first NHL, maybe not our first NHL, NHL but he was right out of the pot. He was right out of the pot. Right, yeah, so yeah. that was great getting the and inside like, scoop. Oh, it didn't record. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. so I told you on that call in, hey, Tim, thanks for being on the podcast. Uh, are you free tomorrow? Because we need to. Did we call him or did Russ Sinkowitz call him? Russ probably made the second call. I think Russ made the second call, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so we're just going to kind of go through uh, our, it's been what, been like 58 weeks because we took we've taken some time off uh 58 weeks but um you know i think where i'll start where if you guys don't mind i I just like looking at at in our first like maybe 10 weeks um you know i I really it was really interesting for me uh to listen to uh like trent volhuber ian moran dan watson um but listening to ian moran we we seem to we seem to go back on Ian a lot mm-hmm. and talk a lot about, you know, if you're going to get recruited, if you want to play at the next level, if you want to be recruited, because let's call it what it is. Kids that play at a high level, they may not want to get recruited. Right. They may not want to play in college because they know the commitment. They're like, you know what, I just don't want to do it. What is what is, and, and how is the process of being recruited, not only at the college level, the junior level, but the pro level? I thought Ian Moran, I mean, obviously – his dad grew up here in, in Cleveland. He was here until he was like eight years old or whatever, and then then left. But it, I thought that was an interesting talk because he really opened at least my eyes. And I've talked to other people who listen to our podcast, other people's eyes about there's so much more into this whole recruiting process than goals, assists, and all that other stuff. Well, I think that one of the reasons that Ian was so, I guess, important to to what we're trying to do is that there's so much BS out there. There's so much information that isn't true. There's so much information that is part true. It's part true to fit the narrative that somebody else wants. And Ian came on with zero stake in the game and told us, this is what I look for, and I'm a recruiter. I'm a scout. I'm a scout. 
I'm an NHL scout, I'm a college scout, I'm a junior scout. This is what we look for. And the crazy part was, everything that he said was reiterated by every college coach we've had on so Absolutely. Far. Yeah, you know, but we know this. I mean, we all know this, and everyone knows this, but a lot of times, a lot of those people that know what I'm about to say, they are victims of it, they do it themselves. People only want to hear what they want to hear, yeah. right? So, like, if Ian goes and talks to somebody and, like, hey, I think you, you may be able to progress to the next level, but you need to do this and this, how does that person hear that? Oh, this director of scouting for Neutral Zone said, I can play at the next level. Yep. You know, and, and so I also thought it was very interesting that uh, when he said, I think it was his wife that said, you, you go into the rink like that, you look like a homeless person. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to be. And he said, I'm, I'm friends with all the Zamboni drivers because that's where I stand. I think I want people to think that I'm driving the Zamboni because I want to see what the kids are doing, how they talking to their mom, how they talking to their girlfriend. Yeah. You know, and, and prospective players out there, listen, as much as your girlfriend may want to carry your bag or stick, don't let her do it because <laughs> scouts will, will, will frown upon that. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to show up well on the scouting report, re- certainly for Ian. And regardless of how you play that day, kiss your mother when you walk out of the ring, please. Right. So if I look at these, these first ten, I mean, John Malloy was a great, great uh, uh, discussion. You know, he's always, he always brings it a lot in here as well. Uh, Love, you look at the first ten, what, what's, what comes to, to your mind? Chris Varga. Yeah. I mean, Chris Varga is a character. And I mean that with the utmost respect. I do have a lot of respect for Chris Varga. Um, he was a, it was a great first talk for us as far as we got into the coaches and, and what he had to go through in a pandemic year. And, and you know, talking to Aaron Portsline, getting that reporter side. I know this was set up by Scott because he's a media-driven guy. And uh, But listening to the behind-the-scenes of, of a pro uh, franchise, you know, Shauna, we talk about Shauna a lot, but Shauna... Shauna's almost like our gateway into the women's game. I mean, none of us are women, so we aren't playing the women's game. And Shauna introduced us to it, and, and the things that she's been able to do and has done in her career playing and then in coaching is phenomenal. You got Dan Watson. I mean, Dan's just a great person overall. And, he, you know, you get the East Coast feel. You got Dawson DePietro. You know, Dawson had just signed on with, with Buffalo, and, and things were going great. You had, uh, well, obviously... You know, our little uh, boost, of, boost of encouragement to Alex Vidalkovic. And Alex is doing fantastic. You know, Lee Moen. I mean, Lee, oh, Lee, Lee Moen is great, Lee man. Lee Moen is, 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 a, is a, uh, our favorite because Lee Moen is doing this. I mean, Lee Moen knew more about his area than we know about ours, and we've lived in it and been a part of it for over 20 years. You know what's scary to me, though, and, and, and is when we... <laughs> When we have to interview people that interview people for a living. Yeah, oh no, that's not Yeah, that's intimidating. Oh my gosh. Well, I'll never forget. We said to Portsline, too. We said to Aaron Portsline, listen, we're going to suck at this because we don't do this. I think that's part of the term of the podcast, though. Okay. It's not polished. That we don't know what we're doing. It's that it's, it's, uh, Okay, here he goes. We're getting our review right now on air. <laughs> he's been taking, he's been coming it's, in and out of the lineup for not, so many times. It's we're finally going to get a damn answer out of him. You know, and Go you ahead. guys aren't uh, media people who know hockey. You're hockey guys who are putting on a podcast, and I think you have some great, especially coach to coach conversations. And it's not uh, it's not polished. It doesn't have to be polished. Although we're we're getting more polished as we go, but um, no, we it isn't. Is it intimidating though? Because uh, I I don't find this easy to do either. 
come up with questions to ask people. And you're talking to somebody like Aaron Portsline. Sure. You know, you don't want to ask dumb questions or come across like you don't know what you're doing. But you know, yeah, like you said, that's what I was. That was early too. Staring at Aaron Portsline and asking him the most basic question. So what are you doing in the offseason? Yeah, right. When we asked uh, um, Steve Gawkin, what are you doing in the offseason? I take a chair six miles down the road to Lake Erie, me and the wife read a book. I'm like, this is the best day of my life. Yeah, right. 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 You know, I, and look at the list, too. I mean, you talked to Pat O'Rourke about the OLA Festival. You, you know, we had RJ Well, say it the right way, the OLA Fight Festival. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. He had R.J. Umberger on. R.J. was fantastic. Well, I think the first 10 episodes, I think, uh, you know, I had a few people that I had contacts with. You guys have some contacts. We were able, and the pandemic was going on, so people were stuck in their basement. Yeah. So we got some early wins, I think. So having uh, Aaron Portsline, we got the Varga and Boss who had been in the uh, been in the state tournament, or were going to be in the state tournament before it got canceled. I we, wish we could have posted Buses off air. Oh, God, it was fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, but Aaron Portsline, Trent Vogelhuber from the Monsters, Dan Watson, uh, Alex Nadolkovich, uh, and then, you know, R.J. Umberger. That's all in the first 10 episodes. So I think once you – I found as I was reaching out to people trying to get them on, once, I, you know, we had started getting some of those guests and I was able to, you know, when I reached out to uh, Chris Bergeron, I was able to say, well, we've had Blasi, we've had Eigner, we've had these other people on. Um, it makes it a lot easier to get them to say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I'll right. come on. Right. Speaking of that phone call, when you called uh, Coach Bergeron, <laughs> and I, I just want to, in the interview, I don't even know if you played this clip, but um, and I don't think Coach Bergeron would get mad because, I mean, he he straight shooter, but didn't he say to you um, when you said, yeah, we talked to Coach Blase, we talked to this coach, and you said, he, didn't he say, well, back in the day, you would have come to me first. Well, yeah. Miami hockey was where it should be. Yes, you would have called me first. I made the first phone call you made. So I, well, first of all, back up. I call him. (laughs) First of all, I I reach out through the athletic department, and there's uh, a girl there who's an intern, and she's, like, just started and doesn't know that she's the gatekeeper and is not supposed to just put you in touch with the head coach of the hockey team. So she does, which is great. Here's his whole phone. Yeah, exactly. So I call him up. And uh, ask him to talk. And I, so there's a little app on my phone to record the phone call, and it doesn't work. <laughs> it's, it's worked every other time I've used it. But I fire it up, and it just says it's not working. Oh, and I'm shoot. like, and first of all, you know, when he answers the phone, it, this is right before they left for the pod. The guy's got stuff to do, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's, he's very uh, like, yes, get to it, get to it. And I'm like, yeah, my app isn't working. <laughs> Can I call you back in like twenty? He's calling us. Can I call you like? Can I call you? I know. Can I call you back in like twenty minutes and I get? (sighs) Oh man! Like yeah, kind of busy, you know, kind of thing. So I call him back, and uh, to his credit, he actually spent quite a bit of time on the phone with me, and we used part of it also, obviously, but uh, there was also some that uh, we didn't use. But yes, exactly. I in an effort to get some street cred I dropped Blasi Eigner I said oh we've talked to these other guys trying to you know that we're, we're not some fly by night thing and uh, he said if Miami hockey is where it's supposed to be you would have called me first that's an alumni and I don't think anything and then when he came on as a guest I don't think he said anything any different no 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 I agree oh. I agree when, when he uh, 
when you sent that to Lev and I, that clip, yeah. I was like, <laughs> and you're gonna you're gonna make us, gonna make us interview <laughs> this guy. Oh, and boy. man, he was phenomenal, and what a gracious, oh, like yeah. you said, what a gracious guy. Just get him talking about the uh, roller hockey and the well, Toledo Storm, oh, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, uh, locking down about, Jock's line. I'm thinking of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jocko. We need to have Jock on. Uh, yeah, I just texted him actually last week. He's going to come on soon. Jock's a great time. But, yep. You know, in looking over this list and, and thinking about, I'm not going to call them my favorite uh, guests. Every one of them has been special to us. But are you still in the t- are you still in the first ten? No, I'm, I've, oh. I've kind of just finger leafing through these, if you will. But you know, you get some of these guys. You ask, you know, we write out about ten to twelve questions for every guest, and some are things that we have to search online to find little ins and outs of how that stuff came about, jokingly. But most of the most of the people we've had on, except for Scott Harrington, we could ask one question. And they went on for days. Absolutely. And, and those are so much fun because you just get to learn. And that's, you know, I know Sully and I, we've talked about this before. And, and not only are we getting to learn how to interview people, but we're getting to learn about hockey and we're getting to learn about personalities and getting to learn about how this program conducts business and how this person goes about their day. And, and it's just, it's phenomenal. I mean, Dan Belsma, Dan Belsma, back 42, getting going up there in Michigan and the, the old bat, no, no free ads, but back 42. Back 42, I'll give free ads to the back 42. But, you know, Dan talked for hours, and it was phenomenal. Ben Simon talked for hours. I mean, Uncle Steve Rimshot even came on the show, oh. and he not only did one episode, he did two. There was money on the table, and Rimmer showed up for us. We love it. I, I tell you what. I talked it, to Rimmer today. told him his 50th. He goes, you boys, I got money <laughs> on the table. You boys go out and have a good time. I, said, I love it. Are you paying for this or no? My favorite was the story about, was it the backup goalie was the butcher in town or yeah, whatever? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was yeah. hilarious. When he got in the car at the airport, and he, he's, they're driving through all these side roads that is just wide enough for a car, and he thought, well, I'm going to close my eyes because <laughs> this is probably going to be how it's going to end. Yeah. You know, so, so, so for me, as I'm going through this list, Rhonda, that we go move on to episodes 11 through 20. And so that takes us from around June, um, it, it's still heavy into the pandemic, uh, through August and not knowing if there's going to be any hockey moving forward, yeah. you know, and you've got, like you said, Dan Belsma, uh, a couple, there's two other ones that I'm going to touch on here real quick, but commissioner Tim Driscoll oh. from the tri-state collegiate hockey league came in favorite, with favorite of the show. so much energy and just was, you know, I don't want to say was so excited about his league, but he was so confident in his league. And what do they do? They go out and sign a Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to grow. We know that they're going to do that. He was so he was so jacked up. That was a great talk. Uh, for me, I love listening to that. I love talking to the guy. Um, we are going to Kentucky. Yes, we Commissioner are. Commissioner Driscoll. We are sitting in the uh, commissioner seats. And I want <laughs> good food out of that vending machine. Please. Absolutely. And then for me, um, one that I've listened to, uh, probably the most, uh, it's, I probably listened to this episode three times, uh, was the one with uh, Bowling Green head coach Jamie Ruffner, who we lost five months after we interviewed him. Um, and, and you know, we got a nice note uh, from Jamie's uh, wife, and, and, you know, I know she, she listens. It's crazy. She listens to the pod, and, and, and you, know, we hope, you know, we're thinking about you. We hope you're doing well. But uh, just listening to his passion, 
to get Bowling Green back to where it, it was at one point. And, and, but at the same time, saying, no, we got to forget about that because we're a new identity. We are the new. And, uh, you know, I, I listened to it. Obviously, we did it. I listened to it afterwards. Uh, Jamie passed. I listened to it again. Um, and then when we, uh, we did it, the, the interview again uh, with him, uh, or we aired the interview, I listened to that as well. So I did, I did like when, when uh, the first time we saw Jamie after we interviewed him, he goes, huh, that was a good time. Let's mm-hmm. do it again. And unfortunately, we weren't able to. Which, which was crazy because it was less than a month later. Yeah, we saw him in November mm-hmm. up in, uh, in T-Town there. And then uh, a month later, he's gone. And, and that was uh, that, that, that show we did after he passed was hard. You know, it's still hard right now, but... You know, the fact that we had the opportunity to do it was phenomenal. And and hearing his passion and hearing, you know, I'm looking one, what, two weeks ahead of Jamie was, or two weeks after Jamie was Steve Morris and, you know, guys that we've known for a long time, but getting them on terms where they had to talk about themselves, and that's never easy for these guys to do. They're, they're so selfless and they're about their team and they're about growing the game and they're about all this. And, and but it's just been so informative and, and Oh, it's been phenomenal. It is. You know, we, we had a chance. All you were actually gone for this when we spoke to Kevin Alexander from uh, from Liberty, and he had his goaltender Andy Keeler. And uh, do you know why it was gone, Jay? No, I don't. That was the flood, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the great, <laughs> the, the great <laughs> the flood, flood of North Bridge. Oh, yeah, the great flood of twenty twenty. Remember, remember, I took a nap. Oh, yeah. you get for taking a nap? That was the flood, man. You know, and talking to those guys, and you know, after the flood. Mike By the Schilling. way, one of the most listened to episodes we've had. Which one? Liberty. Was it really? I think because we had a couple players on. We had uh, a current player. So is it Andy Kaler, the goaltender? Yeah, Kaler was a, a, a Along with uh, Sam uh, Turner at OU. Yep, Coach Alexander. Well, because Sam Turner was probably living in the dorm or just off campus, so he was playing it for all the parties they had. In the right. Room. Right. So that was actually, uh, you know, other than the, uh, <clears throat> like the Padua tournament one was was really high numbers. And what then, was do you, do you know the highest number one? Uh, Produ- producer Dan, you there? You still here? I'm here. Give me uh, <laughs> give, me, give me about five minutes. I can let you know. Well, you you only have the, the Spotify and the. We're on multiple platforms, so that's not an easy question to answer. I'm not quite sure. Jay, what does that mean? <laughs> that means we're all we're on Spotify and we're on Apple Podcasts. So and and you platforms. can go to OhioHockeyDigest.com and listen there. So you got to add up all the numbers. Do, do you remember when when we had read the show ourselves before you know he jumped in and and we would he must not liked our questions. No, he did. Well, he didn't like he didn't like a lot of the layout based on what I read currently because he kept saying Ohio Hockey Digest, Ohio Hockey Digest. I'm like, yeah, we're on air. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Steve Morris was a great talk. I mean, it, it just his. You, how about the fact Steve Morris starts out with? I played with a couple of guys. Maybe you heard of when I lived, uh, played in Toronto, Wayne Gretzky and Paul Coffey. Like, yeah. hey, guy, we roomed with you in Vegas. We won't tell anybody how we roomed with you in Vegas. No. Why? <laughs> However, maybe you should book ahead of time, Stevie. But you know, and he throws that out there. Like, hey, how come you didn't tell us this? Well, you never asked. Typical, yeah. hey, it's a game of chance. With Steve right. Morris, it's always a game of chance. Absolutely. It's not gambling. No, no, no. It's, it's a game of chance. Gambling, it's a game of chance. The, you know, moving and then move into the next 10, September to November. And, and this, it started to be a little clear now that the NHL was going to get back or was back. Uh, college may have a, a season. 
juniors might go, high school might go. The youth kids were already about 30 games in, right? So uh, one of the – and, again, I'll say this, you know, we had you know, uh, Steve Elliott, head coach of uh, uh, Northview High School on. And then the following week we had uh, Freddie and Charlie Gerard. Boom, boom, talk. So I tell no the story. Ads. No free ads. Boom, boom, talk. But I tell you this story because I had my Boom, Boom, Talk T-shirt on yesterday, and I was outside doing some yard work. It's not a yard work uh, T-shirt, guys. I just had it on. And because, uh, you know, I mean, we all have those clothes that you do yard work in. It's not like you don't go to your closet and get your, your shirt and your shorts. Like, I'm going to do some yard work. You have yard work clothes. And uh, my youngest one said, Dad, I really thought that said Boom, Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I said, really? She goes, I couldn't believe you were walking, uh, like, mowing the lawn and doing some stuff with a shirt that said, boom, boom. <laughs> That's how she said it to me. Boom, boom. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's boom, boom, talk. So. Yeah. All right. That's the place down by the airport, I think, is what she was thinking of. <laughs> yeah. No, no free ads, Gigi. No, yeah, yeah. No free ads. So, it, but it was, I think what was great about that episode, too, was that Big Brother had to help Little Brother out. Remember, Jay? Yeah, yeah. He, he oh couldn't get his, uh, he couldn't oh get, get the Zoom working. Well, how about the fact? And then he had the gamer headphones on. <laughs> with the mic. Yeah, with our, the, with the mic. I don't think our, I don't think our fans know, or our, our listeners know this. He had the gamer headphones on He's with the gamer. mic. He's a gamer. He's a pro gamer. Is he? Yes. So, no, Freddie is a pro gamer. Hands down. And, and like, on, like on Twitch? I don't know what... Uh, platform he's on or, or what I mean but he's done this professionally he was he was uh, sponsored and things like that Freddie is sitting there with the gamer headphones on he put Charlie in a closet in the back of the basement like where they keep the old paint and, and, and Charlie's sitting there like I can't get it to work and, 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 and Freddie looks at us and goes hold on I gotta help him out it was phenomenal oh my gosh that one was that one was good man cause he he was he if ever this, Danny, you guys got me now? Dan's like, no. He's like, I, I, geez, I don't. This guy can't even do anything. And he gets. <laughs> like, we're, are you guys in the same room? Yeah, I'm in the. I'm older, so I sit on the couch and everything like that. You're I don't right. know why they just weren't on the same computer. Sit next to each other. They could have just sat next to each other. You have sisters, right? You think you and your you two sisters could sit in the same call too? You know what day of the week it is. <laughs> yes, sir. A, a great episode uh, was number 21. Yeah. Emac Bentley, oh. Aiden Spellacy, and Quinn Warmoth, because I think all three of those guys had really good advice for younger players yeah, coming up through the ranks. Uh, I mean, Quinn Warmoth told us, talked to us about he, or was it him or Aiden who wasn't even, like, didn't even know Robert Morris was, was recruiting them? Yeah, he said you never know who's in the building. Uh, Quinn Warmoth uh, told said that you have to be your advocate for yourself. Right. He was the one that bounced around to five different teams, right? Yep. Yeah. How about Emac quarantined 14 days at home before he went to school at Bentley and had to quarantine again? Or Middlebury. Middlebury. I'm sorry. What did I say? Bentley. Oh, I'm sorry. That's yeah. Emac Bentley at Middlebury. I've right. the same sorry thing. Sorry about that, Emac. So, so he, he said that, you know, he could have played another year at junior, tried to get a D1 scholarship. Yeah. But here he had a great opportunity. At, that's a good school. Middlebury is a great school. Play some good D3 hockey, and why not do that? You know, it, it, coming back to one of the other themes that has come up a lot is uh, 
find the place that's a right fit. Yeah. Find a place that works for you and, and go there. Yeah, absolutely. And as Rick Gockton said, I think I call him Steven, I'm sorry. As Rick Gockton said, Division Three, ACHA, Division One, it's all really good hockey. Yeah. Yep. There's a le- what do you say? There's a, a team for everybody or a yeah. level of hockey yeah. for everybody. And and I agree with you, Scott. You want to make you want to make a, a decision for because I mean how many how many people how many young hockey players can legitimately say they're going to make a living playing hockey? Very 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 small percentage, right? So what does what does Emac do? He wants to continue to play, but he's an opportunity to go to Middlebury, awesome school. He walks out of Middlebury with a degree and whatever he's going to get from Middlebury. Pff. Right. I mean, you're set. Yeah, I think he was doing a yeah. internship oh, in finance in Chicago last summer or something like that. So he's you know he's set. setting himself yeah. up. He's yeah. set. I mean, and, I, when I worked for the Lumberjacks, I, I had we had 25, 26 year old no free pro players on the team who weren't really making a living. Yeah. And didn't know what they were going to do when they grew up. Right. At that point. That's insane. So. I mean, think about it. So he comes out of Middlebury, got a degree in, let's say, I think you said finance, right? Yeah, I think so. He'll have, he'll have, he'll have his pick to where he goes when he wants to go do something professional, uh, like not hockey-wise. Go play a couple years in the East Coast. Europe. Europe. Right? And then all of a sudden, he comes, he's got a, he's got a plan. See Europe. Nobody hits you. You don't have to fight. Yeah. Make, make a little money. Yeah. So you want the most streamed episode? Yeah. Sure. Episode 24 with our boy Rico and the Numa brothers. Yeah. Well, I was just going to get to that yeah. one, right? Yeah. That was the next one I was going to get to. Numa brothers were on, and to be honest with you, I don't know if this is a new flavor or not, but we have it down in our uh, weight room here at school. And uh, the lemonade, it is really good. It's really good. I don't know if it's new, so I apologize, guys. I think I think they were just breaking that out when they came on. They said they had some new flavor coming out. But it's something. it's 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 very good. It's very good. Um, I, I I actually uh, I don't do much on the Instagram or the Face Space or whatever the hell they call it these days. But I there there's a guy that I follow who's a, a, a Marine, um, and he just he's just a, a very patriotic guy, and he got he lives over in Hawaii. And um, he was so excited because he gets Numa really? product. I was like, awesome. "Oh my gosh, this is great!" So, to the uh, Smith brothers, uh, know that your product is is definitely making a difference. And then that same night, we were able to have Enrico Blasi on. And Enrico Blasi, I mean, we got to spend a couple minutes on that. What an episode! <laughs> so I go after the after you uh, record the or Dan posts the final edit. I go through and get little clips, and I. I do tweets. I tweet them out. And usually I get three, four of, you know, I listen to the episode and pick out some high points. I had probably 15 from that one. Oh. I just kept cutting them out, cutting them out. He was all like, oh, that's perfect. That's nice little pearls of wisdom from Coach Blasey, who, as I looked, it was great that he came on. Hockey people are awesome, first of all. I mean, they're just so accessible and great, uh, generous with their time. Uh, so it was great that he agreed to come on. But then as we're doing the show prep, 48 hours or so before he comes on, I realize he hasn't done an interview since he got fired. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's wow. like, holy cow. 
So we were his first I, I, interview. I don't think yeah. I don't think we asked more than five questions. If he did, I didn't. I couldn't find one because I looked. Okay, let's see what other interviews he's done. I ain't gonna find anything since he t- was talking about being, you know, not at Miami anymore. Wow. So I don't think he had done any for like a year. I'm a little upset with Coach Blasey because I think he knew when he was talking to us that he was going to Providence, and he wouldn't break that on the show. Which does. You know, <laughs> what are we doing here, Enrico? Come on. No, that one, <clears throat> you know, there's there's interviews and then there's learning sessions, and we've had quite a few learning sessions when we get to speak to these people. And that one, I think when we were done with that with that interview and, and he left the call and we just sat back like we'd just been through a 12-round fight and, and in the best of ways because it was like, wow. I mean, what he, lack of better terminology, what he dropped on us that day and his enthusiasm – I mean, I understand you're, you know, he, he's promoting himself and he's promoting his product. And, you know, it, it's hard to, to go against the product that he was able to put on the ice in Miami for those 20 years. And, you know, oh, just a, just a, a good individual with a phenomenal point of view on, on so much. And, and that was just one of those learning days where it was ask one question and get out of his way and just start taking notes. And, I mean, Thank God it's all recorded because you get to go back and listen to it over and over again, and it was phenomenal. Yeah, and he was very candid. I mean, he said he wanted to coach again. I mean, we all figured that. Yeah. But uh, here's another one. I slept with my phone for 20 years by my side. Um, why? Just because, uh, you know. In case. Just in case. And there was, I can tell you, there were knocks at the door at 2 in the morning, you know, and I, I, I've never told that to people. Um, I'm telling you now because now it's, 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 a, it's part of my life in the past, but there were knocks at two in the morning. There were tears that I had to wipe away. Um, there were situations that were very difficult. There were situations that I had no idea how to handle and had to bring in other people to help me handle it. Right. Uh, but that's all part of coaching. That's a coach. I mean, that's powerful stuff that's right a there. Coach. You know, and, and, and I think what's what's too bad about that is if you if you work for a college or a high school or whatever it may be, and these kids feel enough trust for their coach that they can go to him to or her house. to his house when they're in a compromised time. I mean, that's somebody you want. That's somebody you want to be a part of your organization. You want those kids, because let's, let's call it what it is. Those, I mean, kids that go to a college and play hockey, I mean, they're also, they're also there for the college experience, and they need somebody to be able to go to. Yeah, that, I'm telling you, that interview was dynamite. Was and and you know, he, he talked a lot of hockey, but he also talked a lot about life. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, I don't. I'm. I don't. You know, I don't want to say this or, or speak for for coach at all because I respect the hell out of the guy. And you know, you know, he, he seemed like a very humble man. And I mean, I, I mean, our listeners don't know this, but uh, after the interview, you know, as much as research as we did on him, after the interview, you know, he wished us good luck in our season. He knew where we coached. He offered his phone number. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me to come up for, for camps or whatever may need. And he left for Providence. Right. But, thanks. Yeah, thanks, Coach. But, but listen, I mean, we, we just coach at high school in Ohio. 
and and the guy is is completely genuine and, and want to help everybody. I, I don't know. It was just like that clip right there gave me the chills. Mm-hmm. You know, so look out for St. Thomas hockey. I'm telling you, I said it. What I what'd I say last week or two weeks ago? Yeah, forget him. Give him a couple years. I would. I would. It's. I definitely give him a couple years. Yep. And then uh, they're going to be a force in that league. Same in in, in, that, in this next in. Uh, we went through episode 21 to 30. You also had Mike Rupp. Mike Rupp, a local guy. Played, a played hockey at uh, St. Edwards High School. Went on and played in the OHL. Played in the NHL. Scored goals in Stanley Cup. Stanley Cup champ. And what does he say? You don't need to bounce around. You don't need to bounce around to these different teams. Didn't run all over Canada or the United States to play AAA hockey, to find a team that was AAA so he could play that level. Stayed where he was at, worked at his craft, and he came out this year in the with the Ottawa 67, scored 52 goals, drafted eighth overall to the Buffalo Sabres. And when I, I've talked to some <clears throat> OHL coaches that coach against him, they say he's a complete player. Complete player. He's a sniper, but he's a complete player. And that's a nice lesson to everybody. You don't have to jump around. Just work at your game. If you're good enough and you have potential to get there, you're going to get there. I mean, perfectly set. Perfectly set. So that was another really, really good uh, interview with Mike, with Mike Rupp. You know the thing, too, about what Mike said in that, too, in that whole interview, is there, there, that, that trust level that, you know, what was it? He had to tell a kid he couldn't take the kid to one year. He needed to go be the man at a different level to understand that role and then came back and played a totally different position for him. I believe the kid went from forward to defense, but he had this understanding. There has to be a trust level in the organization you're with or the coach you're with to understand what they're saying and, and give the kids some good advice. Like, look, you, you're not ready to play here yet. And then, okay, you've played here. You need to go play here. Instead of being a third-line guy, you need to go experience being a first-line guy. Then you can come back and having that knowledge. There's just so much that went into in, in in Mike's interview, that was, I mean. And he was one of the many who said, uh, you know, go do other things in the summer. Yep. You know, I don't know how many people told us that. He was one um, who said, um, you know, go ahead, do some other things. I mean, I was certainly one of the top kids always in Cleveland, but there were some that were better than me. And some of those kids, I don't want to say they, they were burned out, but, you know, they were switching teams every year. They were going up to Michigan and out of state every single weekend. Um, They didn't, they weren't kids and they hit a wall. And when they were 13, 14, they plateaued and I didn't. No, he did not. No, no, he didn't. And he also uh, had some insights into, obviously he's, you know, still remembered for scoring two goals in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals, helping the New Jersey Devils win. But he talked about, uh, before the game, how calm everybody was. Not a bad three-point night. No, No. no, but you're right. He talked about, he's like, I was so nervous Game 7, and yet Scott Stevens and all those other guys, just just another thing. He's like, okay. And he said those were the guys that should be nervous. Right. Because at that point, he was a rookie. Yeah. No one's like, oh, Mike Rupp's going to hurt us tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're looking after the Needamiters, you know, the Stevens. That's who you're trying to match up against. And that did not count towards Martin Brodeur's 691 career wins. Those are just regular season wins. Right, right. 
So I, I think I, I also I, one of the questions I did want to ask Mike, but I know I don't know how this would have gone over is what was the response, and maybe maybe if, if we can get him back on, but what was the response after he did the Yager salute? Oh, I read a great story about that. So Rupp was covering the NHL for NHL Network. All-Star Game, I believe it was in California somewhere. Yeah, it was in California. He wanted to take his daughter to Disneyland. So he has to rent a car. So he goes to the rental place, and he walks in. And he's waiting for the, the worker from the rental car to come. And who walks in? Yarmir Yager. Oh, jeez. And so he's like, I've never never spoken to Yarmir at all. Ever. Never. Says never spoke to Yarmir, other than maybe some banter on the ice or something like that. Some banter. <laughs> so he walks up and he tells Yager, hey, man, you know, you know, congratulations on your career and this is great and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, hey, Rupert, how are you doing? He's like, I was so blown away that, that a, a man of Yarmir's stature knew who I was, right? And he's going on, he's like, hey, I just want to tell you in that game, I meant no disrespect, I think the world of you, you know, you're the best and this and this and this. And, and Yager goes, I love what you're doing with NHL Network. He said, well, thank you very much. You know, I really take pride. And he goes, yeah, it's so much better than what you did on the ice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great. I did read that before we had him on. And, and, yes, we did not ask him about that. But And also that same episode, we uh, talked to the hyphenator who, t- who uh, told us about his first NHL game. I was plus four in my first NHL game. And I was like, oh, boy, this is much easier than I thought, right? And then, like I told you guys, second game against Detroit, I think it was a minus one or two as uh, you know, Fedorov and Iserman were doing their thing on me. <laughs> Walking out of the rink after game one, like, all right, I got this, you know? Like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, are you ready to buy myself a place and a couple new cars? Exactly. I that's, almost bought the D- Dominic Hasek's place. I was almost asking him after the game if he was ready to sell it to me. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna buy Hashik's place. That that's great. That's great. And you know, a guy right there who's so gracious with his time uh, to talk about his his you know career and, and what he's doing now. Um, I thought the the following week, uh, episode twenty seven, uh, we had Eric Cognia. The guy's the founder of the Athletic Performance Insight. And Dan, I want you to, to jump in on this because. Uh, we used him at our high school team a few times, uh, and he walked us through the, the program. What a program. Yeah. I mean, for tracking stats at a high school level, it's, I mean, it's top-notch. Um, to be honest, just, looking at that program, tracking stats at any level is phenomenal. Yes. With that program. But, you know, how many, like, there's times that being around you guys enough, we come into the locker room in between periods Going into the third period of a one-goal game, Sully's like, "Who's been winning? Who's been winning faceoffs?" And you're thinking back, "All right, who's been winning faceoffs?" Well, now you you pull it right up. And which dot? And which dot, which dot? This is who's which winning zone? it, and it's you know you see stuff like that paying off. Of all right, um, you know, somebody who's typically a winger, well, they are winning every faceoff in the right dot. So now they're lining up as center just for that. Just for that, absolutely, and it's such accountability because, like Dan, like it, it, just in our program, like you know, we're fortunate enough to have our own room at, at our rink and, and have some TVs uh, up there. And, and Dan did such a nice job of 
uh, you know, and all uh, some of our other coaches uh, tracking, and it's in real time, so that it just boom, it pops right up, and in between the periods, the kids are looking. At least our guys are looking at who's winning faceoffs, wh- who's taking shots, where are they taking shots from, who's blocking shots, and they can see it in real time. This guy, you know what he he started this just because he was asked to take uh, stats on his kids' youth team. And it's gotten into what it is today. It's insane. And it connects to video. You're like, right. I remember sitting there coming in between a period and a kid saying, you know, I, I'd score, but I'd, where did it go in? Well, boom, 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 click the video. There it is. Yeah. Now you're breaking down where possible weak points are in that goaltender, where you're shooting, if he's dropping down quick, what's going on with that? Yeah, I, I'm, I, I always I, I think that you have to have, like, teams should be utilizing that. And Dan, you know you you do a great job with our program uh, of stats and, and and breaking things down and getting videos uploaded and downloaded or whatever the hell that's called. But well, I, I can't take all credit. We got to give it out to Tommy Love and Mister Love sitting up in the no 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 the booth up there no, tracking it all this, down with this. But but you 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 know, you upload, download, do all the other stuff. And I agree with that. However, it's this guy has made it e- easy. Yeah, he said I'm going to give you a program. And you could do it. And he again, like I said earlier, he started this for a youth team, right? And he's got colleges using it now. Yeah, and I've been meaning to circle back with him and see how it went because uh, he was offering it free uh, to the high school teams this year. How many took him up on it? I mean, it was kind of a, a odd baseline year to do it with right. COVID and all that. But uh, hopefully, you know, a lot of teams took him up on it because well, it's a. a I really can tell great you, it ain't thing. free next year. No. No, no, it's not supposed to be. No, no, that no, wasn't no. the plan. But but he he did an awesome job when we just when we told him that we want to utilize it this year. He did a great job of doing a tutorial with us. Yeah, uh, he did a Zoom tutorial with us. Uh, all of our coaches were in the locker room. We zoomed the tutorial. He was just he was on yeah. point. The first taste is free. That's the business model he's using. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but again, I mean, he was available anytime. I had a question, email him. He's getting right back to me within 24 hours. Him, you guys emailed him before a game one time because something wasn't – Yeah. couldn't figure something out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we went down to play in Columbus, and he showed and up at, He showed up at Durink to do a live demonstration yeah. of, the, yeah. of the product. Customer service. Yeah, well, you know, maybe no, easy, but still, but, I mean, hey, yeah. the, the product, I've seen the product, I've seen how it works. I've seen it used. <clears throat> it's phenomenal. I mean, you, you want to understand, like Sully said, the accountability factor. You look at a kid and he's like, I'm doing all right. Well, you've lost every face off in the defensive zone. And you're wondering why we're pulling you off in the defensive zone. I mean, it's not rocket science. So then as we moved on uh, into episode 31 to 40, so we're talking November, uh, like right after Thanksgiving to uh, the middle of February, I mean, I think that first episode we did, episode 30, I'm sorry, 32, uh, December 3rd, with it was a panel discussion with the representatives from all five Ohio high school hockey leagues was a great discussion. We talked on, we talked about so much stuff, hearing how they were going to handle their own league, how they were going to handle their own league's tournaments, and then we got into the famous discussion we talk about all the time about should there be two, three-plus okay. leagues in the state. Yeah, that was a good one, and and hopefully um, this podcast and the the website are, you know, a, a platform where people will think 
that's that's the place to have that kind of discussion. You know, right. We're able to pull those people together. We did it again two weeks later to talk about the Padua tournament. That right. was more with media folks, but we did it before the the Frozen Four. Yep. You know, got the we're able to get the high school the four coaches together on short notice to come on and do it. So um, we hopefully will get a chance to do more of those. I know we're we're talking about in the next couple of weeks we'll be talking more about the two division stuff. So yeah. And then in during the during this uh, ten week uh, time or ten episode time I should say, uh, you know, you brought up the Padua tournament, but w- what about uh, and this one is is great the the old fantasy hockey. I mean, so Scott, we got to talk about this because listen, I I was not much of a fantasy. Uh, well, I'd like to live in a fantasy, but I was not much of a fantasy hockey uh, guy until Love and I were in your league one year. Yeah, when you were running it, my whole life's fantasy. <laughs> and then, and then we were uh, we had you, Tyler Widden, who just got beat in the finals, and Skip Snow. Did Tyler lose on plus minus? Please tell me that's so. No, I think he actually won plus minus. Well, now he's gonna love it this year. But he did send an email to everybody right after saying we got to discuss this plus minus thing. <laughs> like he, he he needs to get it expunged from the league. So. Uh, yeah, I went out early, unfortunately. I thought uh, I was in my window, but I guess not. No. Okay. No. You just rebuild. You know, sell but, the farm. Yeah. Sell the farm, bring in uh, one of the Sutter brothers. I thought I, I had Carter Hart. I thought, oh, I'm, I'm good. God, uh, He's going to be great for the next 10 years. Nope. And then. Uh, what is he, 21? 22? <laughs> wow. My bad. Yeah. And then uh, Scott comes flying with the man. The man from New York. Dave Starbin. How cool is that? Yeah. How about Dave Starman did the whole interview driving? Yeah. <laughs> it was out of control. That guy, I don't know where he was where driving he, to practice. He was driving to practice. You're right. He coaches a team. Uh, I don't think he's did he, I don't think he stated that on the on the podcast. He no, he told us. He told us off air. He coaches as well as he does with all of his announcing. He does we see him on TV. You think, "Oh, he does hockey broadcasting." Yep, he's a scout. He's a broadcaster, a scout. He coaches youth hockey. Yeah. Those clinics and stuff. Yeah, it's a busy dude. But again, going. I don't think we saw his face the whole time. We saw like, we saw like a red light, a turn signal. Yeah, it was, it was down, like this. It was, this down, it was down at his console. But yeah. to go back to something I said earlier, you know, there's some people you reach out and you're just like, hey, we got this podcast. You want to come on? Yeah, I want to come on. <laughs> it was great. And he gave us a shout out on uh, CBS. So when, when uh, North Dakota was playing, who were they playing? I don't know who they were playing, but Adam Shield was playing, and we had talked yeah. about him on the pod. Right. And uh, Or you guys talked to him. I don't, was I on that one? And, uh, well, it was a big guess. He probably was. <laughs> <laughs> probably jumped onto that one. <laughs> Mike, the, like the guy back-checking, and you know it's, it's like a three-on-one going yeah. that way, and I hop on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to get the minus. You don't want to get the minus. I get it. Yeah. I get it. But we Scott mentioned had, that. Scott had one foot on the bench, one foot over the board, one yeah. foot on the ice. So technically, he was going to get the plus if they scored. You know, but I think I was not on that one actually. I let you guys handle that one. Thanks. Yeah. So, uh, but he we we he said remind me and I'll give you guys a shout out on on uh, the game the North Dakota game that Friday night and uh, man of his word gave us a gave us a little little yeah. shout out. Absolutely, absolutely. Then uh, starting from episode forty one to today. You know, there was some, and for me personally, I will say this, there were some really, really important uh, uh, podcasts during this time. 
you know, we had the opportunity uh, to speak with Ronald Sayers, uh, who is the uh, statewide Ohio High School Athletic Association uh, uh, director, and it was it was interesting to hear his take on how they they got the hockey season going. Um, his take on some of the questions we asked about different divisions, about why is the state tournament in Columbus? Why, you know, if, yeah, all these other questions. And, 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 and I give Ronald a lot of credit, and, and I've gotten to know Ronald on a personal level. And, and you know, he, he's in a job to where everyone questions every decision that you make, right? And he's really not approving all these decisions. Someone else is. And, and that's Commissioner Doug Oot. And we had a chance to talk to him later on, and and I want to we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, you know, Ronald was, and I will say this out, out of, and I think Lev and Danny, you can um, agree with this. What they did in that state final four, and how they treated the players and the coaches during a, a pandemic, I thought was top notch. I really did. It wasn't ideal, right? But what is? You know what ideal was? I could have played that game outdoors somewhere, and it wouldn't have mattered. I mean, I, I listen again. Congrats to, to Coach Varga. We got beat in the finals, but what an experience for our coaching staff, our players, and all four teams down there. When we didn't think we we're going to play. You know, hats off to the staff at the Ice House. They went above and beyond to make <clears throat> the not normal normal for us. I know in, in a practice day, um, Columbus was looking to morning skate, and they were running behind. And the staff at, at the Ice House flat out said, no, you cannot skate on the Ice House. I have State Final Four weekend, and I have teams coming in. You guys have to move to the Big Ice. So hats off to the whole staff at the Ice House. They did a phenomenal job. Hats off to the OHSA that, that made a state tournament go off seemingly un, un, unnerved, unhitched, whatever you want to word it. Um, they did that. Um, my feeling on the representatives of the state is a little different than Sully's. Um, they're not answering the questions that need to be answered. They're not. They're they're talking around so much that it just it's disappointing as a person who's in it. However, there's a lot I understand as to why they have to answer the way they answer. And Ronald Sayers, he's a fantastic gentleman. Um, had a chance to meet him in the Final Four weekend. Um, he's another one who went above and beyond. You know, the whole state did, and, and to make something that it was goofy to, to start with the pandemic they made it as normal as possible and it was a fantastic thing that it pushes the narrative of we need multiple divisions because more people need to experience that well you know, here I mean, though i mean the one the one thing i took away and it's it might be a blessing because of the pandemic is the state got to see i think to me firsthand what a more intimate atmosphere at a Final Four could look like. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a great point. You know point. what I'm saying? That building, yeah, yeah. And, and granted, you know, it was parents and siblings, but yeah. that building was packed. It was yeah. loud. Yeah. There was, you know, the students that did get in, there was somewhat of a student section. Yeah. But you, you were playing in front of a packed crowd. Yes. There were mo- momentum shifts in games because of the crowd. Yeah. If that game's a nationwide, that's, that's still mm-hmm. not happening. True. Mm-hmm. So that might help push a... You know, trying to move the venue, get it to these college ranks around the state, helping to grow the game that way. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. That is and a really good point. PJ McIntyre's was crowded and loud also that weekend. Did you go? Yeah. I heard the internet was buffering a lot over there. It buffered a bit. 
Well, the internet buff. The, inter- <laughs> the only thing I the only thing I would say. How about when the the internet went out or the, the feed went out? The, 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 the announcer and the color guy uh, made some comments on the two teams that were playing, and and I remember we were sitting in the hotel watching it. And it, was, it was Francis and uh, uh, Walsh, and the guy one guy made a comment. And all of a sudden, it went out, and you looked and you went, "Well, apparently they didn't like the comment that guy made. They just cut him off." Yeah. The well, <laughs> I will say this though that that, and I appreciate them trying to get it out to everybody. Uh, it was it was a, a lot of people I know just from I mean. I can speak. My parents, they couldn't even watch the game. They didn't pick the game up till the end of the first period. It, it was still buffering. The championship game was buffering until the end of the first period. You, you know. You think our boy AC gets riled up? I'm standing next to AC and his brother calls because he can't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, But before we move on, here's what Ron Sayers had to say about two divisions. We're still having that conversation with our coaches association, um, or I should say our, our advisory committee. Um, work with a lot of great people on there in terms of taking in their their uh, their wants and their desires. Um, it, it, it's tough to, to kind of put two divisions together. I think the biggest thing is, uh, is to look at what that would do for all 26 sports as opposed to just ice hockey. So when you make a change that big, especially one that's, uh, that's bound by our bylaws that have to be changed by school vote, um, it's, it, it gets a little bit murky just because once you, once you change it for one sport, it, it, it would ultimately become a request for uh, the remaining 26 in, in wanting to expand divisions and so on and so forth. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I, I don't know. I mean, we, we can we could probably talk on this topic for a long time, as we already have uh, over the past fifty episodes. But um, <laughs> there's a re- there's a reason. False. No, no, there, there's a <laughs> no. I don't. There's a reason if if we if we look at bylaws and documents that are written. I mean, let's look at our constitution. There's a reason why it's a revolving document, right? It's always supposed to change with the times, and and this this document can change as well. Yeah, and there's something that occurred to me after we talked to him and also to to Doug Ute <clears throat> because we asked the question, "What's the magic number that you need to break into divisions?" What does it say in the in the the bylaws? And they said 200 and something. There's 735 varsity football programs in the state of Ohio and they have seven divisions so the number can't be 250 unless that's one of the he said they voted and you know made an exception for football they made they've made other exceptions for football and I don't think it's a secret that the OHSA is run largely on playoff football playoff receipts True. they right. need it or they don't exist <laughs> they go bankrupt without them True. but uh, obviously exceptions can be made so, so on the heels of that, we, we kind of knew that Ronald was kind of, well, see, he wasn't handcuffed. And again, I, I, like, I'd, I'd be the first person to say, man, R- Ronald, if you're listening to this, you do a hell of a job, and we appreciate what you do, and I look forward to continuing working with you. But we wanted to kind of dive a little bit deeper, and, and, and Scott, you did an awesome job uh, getting the Ohio High School Athletic Association Executive Director, Doug Ute, in, and, and he was willing to come in and talk. And that was something that was... I thought monumental that the executive director would come on our podcast and he kind of knew he was going to get some hard questions. I told him ahead of time, there's two things we're going to ask you about (laughs) divisions and the venue for the state tournament. So he knew it 
well in advance and was, right. was happy to come on. And well, I don't know if he was happy, but he was willing to come on and right and, and, and do it. Well, yeah, he, he jumped off the pod pretty quick at the end. For those of you that uh, that listen, you know, obviously, you know, we do this as Zoom, and it usually takes some guys like about 15, 20 seconds to hit the end button, whatever. He already had the thing clicked on the end button. We said, thanks, uh, Commissioner. Clip. Oh, oh, okay. But talking to him, I don't want to say clarified some things, but what I, what I do know is that, you know, those decisions are being made from the top. And you've got a guy like Ron Sayers who's saying, listen, guys, I'm doing my job. And whatever I'm told to do, I'm going to make it the best experience. And the state Final Four this year in the middle of a pandemic was an unbelievable experience with what we could do. And I, and I, I give Ron and his staff, Ronald and his staff, complete credit for that. I agree with you. I, I, I do agree with you, even though... I still have a problem with the way things were answered and they were media-driven answers, and I get it. I understand what they're doing. Totally understand what they're doing. However, we need to grow our game. It's one of the things we say at the end of every show. And you need to let the guys that know there's an advisory staff, you, you need to let them do their job. Let the advisory staff advise, and you take it back to your higher-ups, be it Ronald, be it Commissioner, you, who, excuse me. But, you know, why do, we, why do we play nationwide? Because it's a Cadillac facility that we're not allowed to use. So you have an ice surface and you have a closet. That's it. That's my, that's my take on nationwide. It's a beautiful place. Been there a million times. Love it. Been underneath it. Beautiful facility. State-of-the-art. Top-notch. High school teams are not allowed to use three-quarters of it. So why are we still there? And again, I think we talked about we're the only sport that, that our state championship weekend is dictated by somebody else yep 100 percent. so i mean in, in regard to all that I, I know i have i don't have an axe to grind but i have a lot of i have a lot more questions uh, uh things i don't know as far as answers go and we were not given too many of them we were given you know what they're supposed to say and i understand their hands are tied i understand that they're not going to come out and just say yeah you're right we should probably look into having it somewhere else well you have an advisory committee so use them these gentlemen that are on that advisory committee, and we do know the names of them, and we, we know who they are, and they're very smart individuals. They've been around this game for a very long time, and you know they can tell you how to make this better. They need the, the state needs to listen. The OHSAA needs to listen. My one problem, Scott, you played the, the clip for us here of uh, Ronald Sayers and, and how it has to go through X amount of checks and balances, if you will. No, you don't. You do not. You do not have to check with schools that do not have hockey programs. Ask hockey people how to make it better. That will give you your answers. You know, just those two interviews were fantastic interviews. They were great gentlemen. Very fortunate to have them on. Those were probably the two interviews I had the most problems with. Only because we need to be honest. We need to have honest conversations about what the problems are. And it's okay to have problems. You know, life and, and in business and whatever else. It's okay to have problems. And there are so many problems in the OHSA as far as hockey goes that is not growing the game. And there is a way that the OHSA can make this better. They just have to understand hockey. We are not any other sport. We are governed different. We are governed by National Federation. We're not governed by USA Hockey. We're, we're, there's so much of it. Did I do it again? No, keep going. Oh. <laughs> 
was going to roll. <laughs> I mean, hell, I was going to walk out and come back. <laughs> That's what I think. Thanks. Sully, Sully had to text me and ask if uh, we had enough memory on the <laughs> enough card to get all that. I go, I go, we're, we're at an hour and a half. Do we have enough memory on the card? He goes, I got 48 hours of free space. <laughs> That's how much I don't know about this. Go ahead, Scott. So, Lev, you can keep, pick back up if you want. No, no. I'm good. Um, I can't remember now. Thanks. But this, that's a big topic that we've talked about a couple times, and we're going to be digging into it again in a couple weeks. But just for the record, here's what Doug Ute had to say about the two-division discussion. Look at the first couple rounds of basketball, and you got some 97 to 11s with four divisions. You know, so so the scores that way, you know, I, I don't know that that's a indicative of, of saying, hey, if we went two divisions, we wouldn't have those scores because I think you would. And again, you know, what, what balance do we have to create in our office? Uh, because <clears throat> there are other sports right now asking to go in another division. And what's the ripple effect of, of those type of things? And, and what is that number? You know, those are some questions and, and some discussions we have to have. And I'm glad. And I know it doesn't surprise me. Ronald's a good leader for us. And, and Ronald, uh, you know, uh, what we would ask him in the office to do is, you know, work with the coaches association and come up, come up with some, uh, you know, suggestions, and, and then we'll, we'll move forward from there. Again, you know, I mean, typical, uh, and again, typical but, but correct answer, right? I mean, he has to worry about all the sports, right, and how does it affect all the sports. And again, Jay, I agree with you, but I also understand the bureaucracy of, of his position as well. So I, I get both of that, yeah. you know. And that episode was, was special for me on a personal level, and I will say this, um, couple weeks beforehand we made the decision that we would interview the four final four coaches um as our listeners know we we coach in the high school realm and um you know so that would have been that would have been our first final four and and, uh we were able to do it but we 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 kind of joked and laughed about you know oh listen if we don't win our district game I'm taking the week off, and you can you can do it. How many times did we tell you that, Scott? <laughs> I I figured. <laughs> two days before, he said, "So next week, you may be alone if we don't work this out." But that was a great talk uh, with Pete Clary from Walsh Jesuit. Uh, you know, with uh, Chris Varga, with Hamish Baird, uh, and again myself, and and it, I just was so fortunate to be in company with those uh, three guys and and what a great experience that podcast was leading up to and, and we we kind of joked down in 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 Columbus the four of us uh, our podcast started it and then the interviews just kind of snowballed from there statewide I mean I was doing an interview with a, a TV station out of Cincinnati right and I'm like what so it just it just started and, and uh, it, it was a lot of fun Hey, we're still waiting on kegs and eggs at Hamish's house. Yeah, yeah, for Coach sure. Bears, let's go hungry. That's right, but I think Coach Varga uh, delivered the highlight of that episode. Oh, the, the, oh, yeah. Do it if I can't do it. I'm just so happy that one of my friends is hoisting and getting a ring, and that's that's the bottom line. Couldn't agree more. Very well yeah. said. What? Wait, hold on, hold on. Well, who, who just rang the cash machine? <laughs> Paid? You getting paid per, per word there, Varga, or what? Oh, my gosh. That was unbelievable. So, that was perfect timing. So I got to tell you, my computer, I got to keep putting quarters in because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Uh, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a treat, man. He's a treat. 
you know, and then uh, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about, you know, it was great. We talked about Ber- Coach Bergeron earlier already, but I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, uh, pragmatic passion, Joe Batista. How energetic. And I mean, I swear, I, I thought I'd run through a wall. And I've known Joe for a long time. Um, you know, Lev, you and I have a good friend that played, well, a couple good friends that played for him. Yep. Um, and I just, that, that interview was was top notch man i think that was that was the interview outside of you know jokes and joking around texts that i get about different people we, we interview that was the most text interview i've ever had you know i was getting more texts and texts and texts hey you know what was that link to that book what was i mean what did you think of joe batista and i'm like huh, you can't i mean you put joe batista you, you put guys like John Malloy and Joe Batista and, and Chris Bergeron and, and Rico Blasi in a different category. Rick Gotkin, you, you put them in a different category just based on what they talk about. Like Sully said, we've had a chance to know you know Coach Batista for a long time and, and still call him coach to this day. I mean, he was at the helm for so many years at Penn State. And he's so much more than a hockey coach. And he, Like all the coaches we've spoken with, they all care about their, uh, their players. But Joe Batista, that was that was another one where we got done with that interview and sat back and went, "Wow, yeah, wow." I mean, Joe's just I was I was notch, man, top I was down in uh, Florida. I think I might have told this story to our uh, listeners. I was down in Florida, and um, I listened to that episode again, and I took so many different things out of it, other than when we did it. And then I usually listen to them afterwards, like the week, you know, once they come out, I'll listen to it. And I listen to that one again, and I every single time I took something different out of that. And you, you got a guy like him, you know, and, and I think when, when, when COVID's over, I, I really, and again, I'm not trying to tell Joe Batista what to do, but Joe Batista needs to go on, on tour, and he needs to talk to people. Yep. He absolutely needs to talk to people because you will feel better and you will be more focused on what plan you may have in your life. And he doesn't tell you how to what your plan is. He tells you how to find your plan. And I just, it's it's amazing. Again, the book, I told you guys I've read the book. And if anybody, hopefully the sales are going through the roof for him. Not because he wants to make money, but because it, it definitely is. Yeah, it makes a difference. It's a great point, Jay. I mean, you look at all the guys that we know that have played at Penn State. And when it was the ECHA team under Joe... And they all, to a man. I mean, some of the guys didn't play great minutes. They loved the man. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. And Joe's just a just a, a real person, and, and he's got a great heart, and he wants to do better in the world, and he wants you to find better for your life. And I, he got that point across in, in the talk we had with him. It was great. Well, one of one of the uh, uh, guys that played for Joe, a Cleveland guy, texted me literally the day that the, the episode dropped. And he's like, awesome interview with Joe. He's like, love the podcast. That's my guy. Or I forget exactly verbiage what it was, mm-hmm. but but great. Uh, Johnny Farrell, uh, who's in the Hall of Fame at Penn State, uh, grew up here in Rocky River. I text him back. I'm like, you listen to our pod? <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. And uh, so he had and Coach Batista talked about how he tapped into that Ohio talent pipeline. And he also had some things to say about the rivalry with OU. Hey, I had a guy at, at, at Bird Arena 
They used to dress up like me and stand in the <laughs> you know, he had a mustache, he had the glasses, he had the stenographer's pad. And, you know, and I'd, I'd kind of look over my shoulder and hey, wait, he actually came to my <laughs> retirement party. <laughs> the guy was a character. I mean, he's a character, man. So that was good. Well, you know, that it's been 50, well, 49 uh, episodes where we interviewed people. Uh, sometimes we did multiple guests. Sometimes we did one. Uh, we've had, you know, to replay a few or replay one. Uh, but it's been just an unbelievable uh, 50-some weeks and 50, and 50 episodes. But I do want to ask this. Scott, when we came to you and, and we talked about this, and now 50 episodes later, what's your, what's your thoughts? My, put, yeah, I'll put you on the spot now. My thoughts? Just tell me what you're like. This is this is your gig. This it's no. Ohio, no no it's Ohio Hockey Digest, right? You created this whenever a couple years ago to inform people on everything that's going on in, in hockey in Ohio. Every, and by the way, it's the greatest website when you want to find out about information about hockey. True. You, that, that's a fact. Yep. Right. I think. I mean, the amount of people that come visit your page, you know that you do a hell of a job. You added a podcast to it so what's your thoughts now a year later well more than a year 15 months later what's your thoughts i i think it's been an unbelievable compliment to the website i think uh you know some people are readers and some people like to you know take in information you know like a through a podcast or something like that so we've kind of been able to take like i said that same lane for the most part that we were hitting with the website and add uh, a, a really fun podcast that not only hit that those kind of those main content areas, but also, you know, we talked to guys in the NHL and we talked to Don Van Massenhoven and we talked to Mike Rupp and Dan Bilesma and Enrico Blasi and, and people like that. And it's just been, I think it's been phenomenal. You guys have been awesome. It's like I said, it's uh, the getting, coach to coach. The coach to coach. <laughs> this is a great setup, Scott. Thanks. It's the vote of confidence. No, it's. Uh, well, you know. listen, if he wanted, we usually do this on Mondays. If he would have said, hey, can we do this podcast at Friday at 3 o'clock? We know we're gone, dude. We know we're gone. But, uh, you know, the I think it's been, you know, we've had broadcaster we've had players and things like that but it's it's been mostly coaches and you guys have had some just really good you can have you speak the same language you can have those coach to coach conversations whether it's a high school guy or a triple a guy or a professional uh coach and i think that's been uh the main appeal of the podcast to the listeners well uh i want to thank our listeners for uh going through this journey with us and you know, I can't wait till we sit together again and do this again, and maybe at our hundredth, we'll get a, a. That's going to be a live event. Oh, okay. Yep. Oh, you heard it now. Yeah. We're going to have fans. Two. I have two announcements. One, it's going to be a live. Uh, we're we going to get paid. We're, we're going to TV. Show. Are we getting get paid? Episode, are we going on YouTube? <laughs> episode one hundred is going to be live. A live event. Well, explain like like where where. Uh, Around the corner, West End. It's I believe it's going to be at uh, PJ McIntyre's Ooh. because they were all ready to host us if things had gone a little differently. Uh, you know, 
in March. Thanks, Campbell's. And uh, wow. I, I think uh, I didn't ask them specifically, but I think they would be more than willing to host sure. a live event for episode 100. So that means we have to do this for 50 more. Exactly. Oh, damn. Damn, <laughs> son of a gun. <laughs> All right. All right, what's the second announcement? What's the second The other is, I don't know if it'll be episode 52 or 53, but I talked about how, uh, you know, hockey people are so accessible and all that. So Nate Lehman is from Centerville, Ohio. He is, if for those of you who don't know, he's the head coach at Providence College, one of the most successful uh, college coaches that there is. Coached the USA World Junior team last year. He will be coaching Team USA next year at the World Juniors. On their website, they have the, his email. So I just send an email. Hey, you're from Centerville. You want to come on our podcast? We'll talk about growing up in Centerville and how you ended up at Providence, blah, blah, blah. Two, I, went, I, I literally went and got a cup of coffee. I came back and I sat down. Absolutely. Love to do it. I'd be honored. Woo! So we'll be talking to Nate Lehman uh, nice. very soon. Oh, that's nice. awesome. It's gonna be awesome. Again, just 15 months ago, we were locked down. I don't know, Sully. Well, how do you want to do this, I mean, Sully? You really want to go through my website like this? Is there going to be vulgarities? No. We're going to keep it as clean as humanly possible. Some people we've had to uh, censor, but that's okay. Well, that's exciting stuff, that's man. That's great news, man. So we look forward to that. And I look forward to the next 50. Uh, obviously, we I will. We do these live all the time. I know. Like, I, together. Yeah. Well, well, we can use this room. And, and again, speaking of that, uh, Producer Dan, we, we can't thank you enough for what you do. Uh, a lot of people don't hear a lot from you. Uh, that actually makes a lot of people laugh, that it's so dead, you're dead quiet, dead quiet, dead quiet, and then you chime in with yeah. gardening news or whatever, and they're like, this is the best part of the day. Well, all right, gardening news. I had to put up, Sully has defense problems, right? Yeah. The deer hop in the fence? Yeah, they, 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 they don't so, hop the fence. We're going to get back 42 guys on and tell us that they can jump eight feet fences. So I go in the backyard the other day, can't find my one dog. I have probably about 30 pea sprouts coming up, down to five. The dog was in the garden. Them. <laughs> so I now have a garden fence because of the dog. <laughs> Maybe my dogs are eating my peas. <laughs> No, actually, I know they're not because I put the dude. I, I was this guy. I put the electric fence around it, around my garden, so they don't go in. Have you ever hit that electric fence? Have I? Yeah. Yes. Touch your knees. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of feel bad. And this is okay. I'll I'll, I'll want to tell my listeners this. If you guys know anything about the electric fence, like the, the, I'm not into like shock therapy, but we had to do it because we wanted the dogs to be out front and back and all that other stuff. So they actually like walk the dogs through it to get to show them that like that if you go this far you're gonna get ripped. So I I held the thing and I am like how bad is it? So it's pretty bad, right? The the invisible fence. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, cool. the invisible fence. That'll get you. So I. Well, we've had it for about gosh, we've had it probably five years now. Um, I don't think I've, their batteries have been dead for like four years. Like, the, like <laughs> they're just I, trained to stay. They're in just it. trained, yeah. And, yeah. and and I, I I feel so bad that I made them walk through that shock therapy that I'm like I'm not even putting the batteries in there. Like I'm not going to do it. So my my mom let me grab an electric fence when I was about ten years old. We had uh, about about twelve head of cattle. They weren't. It wasn't ours. It was the guy, the person we bought the house from. Uh-huh. So there's an electric fence, and they told me don't touch it, don't touch it, don't touch it. 
when my mom was sitting there doing the dishes, she looks out and she sees me just staring at the fence. <laughs> just standing there looking at it. And I, sure enough, I reached out and touched it and I flew back about four feet and uh, walked into the house and just said, not going to do that again, are you? <laughs> no. No, yeah, I, I actually said the electric fence. It's not electric, it's an invisible yeah. fence. Yeah. You're right, yeah, yeah. So, well, uh, so Dan, thank you for all the hard work you put in behind the scenes. It's amazing. Uh, you know, the music comes from you, and I, I always I always get so excited every Thursday or Friday when we drop, what music's going to come out, mm-hmm. right? So, Do we have any how, requests for this episode? I was going to say, he rarely takes requests. How, 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 can we do this? Well, no one's gonna no one's gonna hear it now. But I was gonna say, can we do something to where our, our listeners uh, pick, the pick the songs? Go into like, can they go to your website or the? Mm-hmm. Uh, I do something on Twitter, Twitter, yeah. Instagram, whatever. Yeah, yeah, let's do that, and maybe we can get somebody that that will pick two songs that they uh, write in for the fiftieth. All right, I'm in. So, uh, as we said at the start of the show, we're uh, live together. We're gonna you, we're gonna put a picture on Twitter and. Uh, all the other uh, social media outlets of, of what our setup is here. So I'd be remiss if I didn't thank uh, St. Edwards High School for allowing us to use their podcast room uh, for our 50th episode. And, and maybe we'll do it more. Uh, we don't know. I mean, we went two hours tonight of just talking. You know, I know it's a long podcast, but we thank you guys for listening. Um, before uh, we go, though, I do want to say a couple things. Uh, again, I thank St. Edwards High School for allowing us to do this. Uh, a week and a half ago, uh, the St. Edwards community lost one of our students, uh, and uh, the family has asked that we get as much out there as possible about suicide prevention. Um, if you feel sad, if you feel uh, lonely, if you feel vulnerable, it's okay. Please find some sort of outlet so that uh, we can get, we can stop suicide prevention. Uh, it is very important. Reach out. If you need to reach out, reach out to somebody. Um, but it, it's hit our community hard, and uh, we want to try to uh, save everybody uh, that feels in a dark spot right now. So make sure you reach out to that. So thank you, Sanford High School, for hosting us tonight. Uh, next week, we will be discussing the concept of the pod tournament. Not our pod, but the post-district tournament with Beaver Creek head coach Greg Gutterman. This is an important episode that will lead into next discussion regarding the need for two or three divisions of competition for hockey in the Ohio High School Athletic Association. Why is the ask? Why should you make it? And perhaps more importantly, what is plan B? Not the pill. Continue to grow the game as best as we can. This is On Air, the Ohio Hockey Digest. Ha <laughs> ha.